Well, hello there and welcome back to the Archaeology News. I am, of course, your host, David Conley. You're wondering where I've been. Well, I have been, believe it or not, very busy. Very busy. I have had an absolutely brilliant time at the Nungate Washhouse site in East Lothian and Haddington. Absolutely superb. Joint project with the Peter Potter Gallery and the East Lothian uh, Council Archaeology Service, LCAS. Uh, turfs kindly cut as well by the council as well. And we've had over 400 people in just eight days coming along and helping us excavate this 19th century washhouse. There's going to be much more to do in September. And I've got myself involved in a festival bit of fun as well. Yes, the Edinburgh Festival's coming to the seaside town of North Berwick, where I will be doing a thing called performance archaeology as we search out and discover whether or not this really is a Norman Mott or not. Well, you're going to have to come along on the 7th of August if you're around the Edinburgh area for the festival to see some performance archaeology. I promise I will not dance or sing. Anyway, I'm about to head off on to my two weeks of Rampart Scotland Field School. So I thought, well, I better get ahead and give you some stories to keep you going because you're going to miss me for a little bit. Though I might try and get the people from White Castle. We're excavating an Iron Age uh, hill fort, or as I like to call them, a banked enclosure of uncertain date and function. We're going to be excavating that over the next two weeks with students from all over and volunteers from all over the world. So uh, I might get them to say hello uh, to yourselves as well. I've only got three stories for you. Um, Diego, I think, has uh, in the process of moving. Um, so we've only got three stories for you. Um, but they're cracking stories anyway. So sit back, make yourself a small cup of tea. And if you're making a coffee, I would make it an espresso. Here we go then. This news is brought to you in partnership between Stone Pages and the British Archaeological Jobs and Resources website. All the stories have been collected from various sources, and to view details on each story, including that all-important source, please see the Stone Pages website at news.stonepages.com. The three stories we have are all about a rare Greek Neanderthal site being found, and a fabulous news about how Bahrain is preserving its heritage. We finish off... Yes, that was quick. With the origins of the spear. I really like the way that the guy has approached this concept. Now, rare Greek Neanderthals. Until recently, evidence of Neanderthal settlement on the Greek peninsula has been scarce. Now, new excavations at the Kalamakia Middle Paleolithic cave site in southern Greece have been yielding a wealth of new information. The excavations are being led by Katrini Harvati of the University of Tübingen. At the time of its occupation, the cave would have been much further from the sea and it's now uh, within a, a wide fertile strip. It would have been in a wide fertile strip providing most of the food that a Neanderthal group would have needed. Remains of several individuals have also been identified including males, females and children. A study of the dental wear shows that their diet was varied with a mixture of plants, meat and seafoods. Although this type of find in Greece is rare, Eric Delson, a paleoanthropologist at Lehman College City University of New York, is not surprised and has been quoted as saying that it's not wholly unexpected. 
Given Neanderthal presence along the Mediterranean coastal areas all the way from Gibraltar through Spain, France, Italy, Croatia and into Israel, Syria and other parts of the Middle Eastern Levant. Harvati's new fieldwork project will certainly recover additional fossils from Greek sites which have not yet produced human remains. And in fact it may soon result in a more complete specimen in the future. It just goes to show if you don't look for it you'll never find it. Now to Bahrain. Oh, it's been ages since I was last in that country. Lovely country. Um, I, what I remember from it was, of course, looking for the enigmatic Dilmun civilization, which is just as well, because this is what this story is about. Recent excavations in Bahrain have uncovered the remains of a settlement once inhabited by this Dilmun civilization. The ancient civilization, said to date to the 3rd millennium BCE, was part of a very important trade route linking Bahrain with what is now Oman and then up to Syria and Turkey. The site under investigation is located near the current village of Sar and includes two very distinct areas. The first area is strictly residential, with a secondary centre that is dedicated entirely to burial. Although old, this particular site is not the most important Dolman settlement found, as underneath the Qalat al-Bahrain in the north of the island, no less than seven layers of settlement have been uncovered. The site has long been buried beneath a protective layer of sand, but not that it is exposed. Now that it is exposed, extensive preservation work is underway. Well, we are talking about a site that's over 5,000 years old. The archaeologist in charge of the site, Salaman al-Mahri, is quoted as saying, we have no immediate plans to carry out further excavations. We would prefer to protect the site and interpret what's been unearthed already for visitors to see. That's a really good idea. It's something that uh, many archaeologists could learn from. When to stop digging is as important as when to start digging. The importance of Bahrain as a cultural and trading centre four to 5,000 years ago has been somewhat underplayed, leaving Khalifa Ahmed al-Khalifa, Assistant Director of Programmes at the Arab Regional Centre for World Heritage, to remark on the development of Bahraini archaeology. There's been a lot of academic work carried out over the past decades. The idea is to simplify and interpret all this academic information so that local people and international visitors can grasp the importance of the heritage. It's quite a challenge that they're facing, but with the help of new technology, they should be able to place Bahrain on the ancient and modern global map. And finally... Well, what have we got? It is about the spear-throwing and the origins of spear-throwing. It's proved quite a challenge to identify the stage at which early man transitioned from short-range and rather dangerous hunting by stabbing with a spear and took the more pragmatic approach of throwing them from a much safer distance. The difficulty lies in identifying the different types of marks made on impact. Now, an archaeology student from the Southeast Archaeology in Canberra, uh, Corey O'Driscoll has been studying them for his undergraduate thesis. He originally became interested after reading articles on the wounds caused to humans by medieval weapons. There have been several studies of this type, with claims for the earliest use of spears going back over half a million years, but none of these were conclusive and raised strong doubts about their validity. Corey O'Driscoll decided to conduct his own experiment. He napped spear and arrowheads and either fired them from bows or through spears at a variety of sheep and cow carcasses. Then, after removing the flesh from them, I hope he had a barbie there, he examined the marks made on the bone. Marks made by a projectile weapon 
are quite different from butchering marks and show signs of either drag or fracture. He then noticed what proved to be a critical element. As the impact from the thrown weapons was fairly high velocity, minute fragments of the arrow or spearhead broke off an impact and became embedded in the fracture or puncture mark. He then went on to examine mammal bones found at Pinnacle Point Cave in South Africa, which had been found to have minute fragments of stone embedded in the puncture marks, very similar to those from his experimental ones. These mammal bones, however, were dated from between 91,000 to 98,000 years ago. This thesis could have substantial implications, prompting archaeologist Tina Mann from the University of Queensland to remark that they have incredibly wide-reaching applicability and the potential to further our overall understanding of when this technology was adopted elsewhere. Absolutely brilliant work there, Corey. Uh, that is the use of critical thinking. And just actually, it's a, it's a very simple solution to a, a complicated problem. Well, that was it. Um, well, I will be back. Uh, trust me on that one. Until then, you're going to have to get your fix of archaeology news, etc., from both Past Horizons, yes, pasthorizonspr.com, uh, which is where I also hope you're going to be getting all your archaeology tools from as well. Uh, I certainly hope so. Pasthorizonstools.com. And keep your eye on job opportunities in the UK and Europe from www.bajr.org. That's Badger. And more can always be found at Stone Pages. Why not actually have a browse of the rest of the Stone Pages website? Have you done it yet? You haven't? Well, what's stopping you? Thank you again for listening to the Archaeology News, and I hope you will return again. It's going to be a couple of weeks' time. <laughs>